too closer to my face. The hell it's this? <clears throat> Alright, uh, welcome to Competing in Cornfields. I'm here with Tyler Panko. Uh, so Tyler, uh, how's uh, working down in Wichita? Uh, it's good. Um, so I started, uh, I moved from Columbia, Missouri this past summer. I was uh, doing a preceptorship after school. I was at my last semester of school, so I was there this summer, and I graduated in August uh, from Cleveland Chiropractic in Kansas City, and then took a job in Wichita. Uh, it's, it's different. Uh, it's a different city from what I've lived in, because I lived in uh, Lincoln for five years um, for college. Um, grew up in a small town, uh, became in Nebraska, just north of Omaha, and then I lived in Kansas City for four years, so... It's different, and it's like a big, small town, but it's actually a fairly large city. Um, but I really like the people, um, and getting to work with like a more active community with my job is very rewarding, um, and just kind of getting my ground there. Yeah. Is it kind of like a bigger, but comparable to Lincoln? Like, would you compare them to Yeah, because like, um, it's very weird, because Wichita State is there, like, mm-hmm. so you'd think it'd be more of a college town, but it's not at all. Wichita State is very much a commuter school, so like it's not as an active a campus, I would say. Um, so it's not very much of a college town. So it's a big mix of like um, there's some big industries there, so like the Koch brothers, uh, Koch Industries is there. Um, Cargill is very big there, so um, it's a good community. Um, I would say it's similar to Lincoln, but it's just like Midwest people. The people are great down there, very nice. Um, and I think like Wichita's gotten a bad rap in the past for being kind of like a boring city, um, but <laughs> the uh, ever since like I've I've known Wichita and like spent some time there, there's some people that are definitely funny there. It's just kind of hidden, so there's people that are trying to make like the people that do have money kind of spend it more in the community, and you can see the rumblings of that trying to slowly build up. And I think the next five years, like we'll see Wichita. I become a lot more prevalent, um, just on a national scale, but then on a local scale, I think we'll see like you know more people trying to get involved in the community. Uh, well, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, like, what all services and uh, do you provide at your uh, yeah. kind of clinic office? Yeah. So uh, that's a big thing with our clinic. We try to make sure, like, um, like my boss says all the time, like we're a jack of all trades. Like, we want to be good at everything. We do like have our each of our doctors. I think has you know different things that uh, they're very good at. Um, so we can kind of go into that. But yeah, we offer the traditional chiropractic services. So it's called ICT Muscle and Joint. So we offer um, we're all chiros. Um, we offer the chiropractic services, the adjustments um, that we do. Um, a lot of rehab based. So um, we go after more of the active community, and we want people to be active. So even if you do come in, like. We're still going to push exercise on you um, and being more active because we know that's going to be the thing that's going to help you in the long run so that you're not coming into our office, you know, three times a week for the rest of your life. We never want that. Like, we want to provide best care, but then um, give you tools that you can do at home um, that can basically treat yourself and, like, treat your own injuries um, in the future. So um, we offer... uh, Dry needling, um, rehab services. Uh, so, like, a lot of our rehab is based off of um, dynamic neuromuscular stabilization or DNS, which is out of the Prague, uh, Czech Republic. Uh, 
so that's basically taking them back to like developmental uh, movement patterns. And so as we develop, like we see that like as long as you have proper brain development, like you will um, have the pro uh, movement patterns that are very similar at the same amount of time, which is fascinating. Across the world, all the baby scouts will do this. So we know that like humans have an ingrained pattern of how we're supposed to move. So we see that you have, um, usually if like it's, you come in, you have an injury, like that's non-traumatic, like we know there's probably a movement pattern going on that's not right. Or, I mean, you can't have overtraining, but I mean, like a lot of times, like we can break that down and go back to just developing your movement patterns um, in a proper way. Um, so like we do that, um, then we do cupping, um, scraping, so entered instrument-assisted soft tissue manipulation. Um, maybe forgetting some here. Um, I would do a lot of like McKenzie diagnosis. Uh, so um, that's based off of like, it's referred to a lot with like disc injuries. So gritty and pain, um, but people don't know like it can be used for extremity stuff. So basically it's going back to if there's like a movement pattern that we know can cause the pain. So like sitting, flexion, a lot of times we know there's probably a pattern the other way that can help relieve pain. So it's very powerful because then um, going back to it, like we give people a way to treat their own injuries at home through exercise. So then if they're like, oh, I can treat my pain like on my own, well, what else can I do? So then we can build on top of that of giving them injuries that can help keep this, uh, giving them exercises that can help keep the pain away. So you may, um, uh, mentioned like scraping. Yeah. Uh, does that, uh, what do you think about deep tissue massage? Um, I guess, I guess I go back and forth on that. If, if it thinks it, it helps, then I'm all for it. Like, go ahead, get a massage. But I don't want people to get the idea that we're breaking up knots. Like, because mm -hmm. we're not. Like, foam rolling, like, very deep tissue massage, like, where they've shown through research that it takes, I don't know the exact number, but it takes like millions of pounds of pressure to break up like a adhesion. So it's yeah. like, unless you're getting run over by like a dump truck, like it's not good. <laughs> you're not breaking <laughs> up like adhesion. So, uh, but if they think it helps and like they get relaxation from it, um, go for it. But like anything, like you shouldn't be like sore after a workout for multiple days. Cause like it's not the idea of a workout. I'm like, same thing if you're getting a deep tissue massage and you're sore for multiple days it's probably not good like, right so but if you think it's relaxing and it adds value to your recovery then go for it okay yeah and so you also do the dry needling yeah uh, i don't know i find that kind of interesting and, and that is legitimate you think yes it is like we see very good results with it so like people always ask like what's the difference between acupuncture and dry needling and Whereas, like, acupuncture, it's more based off of, like, Western medicine. So we're going off, like, meridians and, like, chi and, like, energy kind of things. Like, mm -hmm. um, and we've taken courses in it because we had to to get, like, the, our certificates for dry needling. Um, it's a thing that I think is useful, but I it's also a thing you have to do your research. You have to study it for a long time to really understand what's going on. So, like, I don't have that amount of time. And to like I guess go down to that field um, but we use the same needles as acupuncture but acupuncture you don't very, go very deep with like the needle whereas dry needling it's based off trigger point 
and like a trigger point is like a tight band in a muscle that you'll you'll feel. Um, it'll feel like a little tiny beat. Um, usually, like people will come in like, oh, I have like these knots in my shoulder. Like what you're usually feeling is a trigger point, and like you can have trigger points that if you feel it, like you might feel like it'll refer pain somewhere else. So if you press on it, or um, if you get headaches, like say like you're trapped, you might feel it like behind your ear or like on the side of your head or something like that. And I'll press on it, like oh, I can I can feel that behind my ear. So the a trigger point like gets laid down when like uh, tissue is getting overused, so the brain will lay it down for stability. Or um, let's say like you have an improper movement pattern, like the brain doesn't feel safe, it'll lay down like a trigger point to shorten that tissue so that uh, it doesn't get I guess more cause to the injury. I guess so. We take uh, a needle and go into that trigger point, and it releases those chemicals that are built up into that uh, trigger point, um, and then releases pain, increases range of motion, um, and like patients usually like feel better. Um, it's a lot of people ask like, "Well, does that hurt?" And that kind of depends. Like, you might feel like a little zing at first when you hit that trigger point because it's releasing those chemicals and they're electrically charged. But other than that, like, it's usually not painful. Um, more painful areas are like the calves uh, can be painful and the feet can be painful, but usually like other areas like people usually don't feel too much. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, would you recommend somebody just to go get dry needled, uh, or would it be more of like a reactive? Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I just had patients the other um, this last week that just came to get needling and. She was having complaints in her entire back, so like, I usually don't recommend that. Like, she just wanted to pay for the needling, so like, I didn't push too much. Of it. But usually, with those issues, it's gonna be just something that we do to speed up results. So like, it'll be. But the first like main thing that we're gonna push is like the exercise and stuff like that that's gonna actually keep things along from the long term. The needling is just gonna help like speed up the process and speed up like the tissue healing. Um, process of it uh so which like out of you know all like the services and things that you all provide uh, do you think that you specialize in any uh or any that you might like the best yeah um i really like the the mckenzie method um so it's called mckenzie method or mechanical diagnosis therapy um so uh, i kind of explained that again it's based off repetitive movement so like it's really cool um if People come in, like, they have such, like, bad, like, disc injuries, like a disc herniation or something like that, and they have pain rating down their legs where they can barely walk or something like that. Like, you give them um, a common one is, like, a cobra pose or, like, a prone press-up. So where, like, you're lying flat um, on your belly and you do a press-up, like, going, kicking your back into extension. You give them, like, a couple sets of that, and they get up, and, like, they're already 60% better, and they're walking. And they're, like, they have no pain down their legs anymore. It's, like wow like they've been you know to multiple surgeons they've been to multiple doctors um and gotten no relief and like you do that within let's say like 10 minutes of giving them that and they're already so much better so it's it's super powerful um and like it's not, like i said it's not just for back like we see like the shoulder stuff like you do a repetitive movement um with shoulders and we increase range of motion by like 50 percent within minutes um and same thing with kind of any joint in the body like you go down to the ankles the knees the hips like it's powerful stuff that 
happened with that. So um, that would probably be my favorite because, like, we see the quickest results and, like, we see, like, the most powerful stories out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, you know, uh, it's, you know, the answer for probably most of us. It is. Honestly, it is. Like, um, we say, like, I one of my favorite quotes is movement is medicine because – it really is like I I like all the modalities like I like adjusting and I like dry needling and cupping because they get like some relief with it but like you get the most powerful results when like you get to like, help people like be like more self-reliant and self-efficacy like that's my biggest thing like, when they can be part of like their own story like and be a part of their treatment plan like I think it gives them more fight back um, and makes them better in the long run whereas like there's all types of Cairo and not that I bash on them, but if like you're constantly relying on adjustments or like the modalities that we do, then like it, I guess not only does it more money out of their pocket, but then they become reliant on somebody else. And I never want that to happen for anybody. Right. Yeah. And yeah, uh, you kind of alluded to it a little bit. So, uh, what is, uh, I don't know. What's like your, uh, preferred like doctor pronoun or yeah. what do you what yeah. do you prefer the yeah it's on. weird um because like one of the other doctors and i we were talking about this like it's still hard to get used to like being called doctor so i mean like uh right now they call a lot of people would say like doctor uh, dr tyler um which i've really never been called tyler my entire life it's always been tanko my last name all my friends are calling tanko so it's hard to get used to um but I would say, like, if you – if I had to put a title, like, I'd like to be called, like, a chiropractic physician um, just because, like, um, if you just call me a chiropractor, I think that gets a bad kind of conversation. It's, and that's just from the, like, media and, like, our profession. But because, um, like, we do more than, like, I think people realize and, like, evaluating, like, all scales of musculoskeletal health. So I like to say – position because I think like we can be a triage to um, refer out for a lot of many things. Um, so I like chiropractic physician, movement specialist is also good. Yeah. 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 No, those sound good. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, do you, do you ever, <clears throat> I know like you just like explained that like you do more than just like adjustments and things mm-hmm. like that. Does, uh, do you have to end up uh, explaining that a good bit to people? Yeah, um, just with our name, like we're ICT muscle and joints, so we don't have chiropractors in our name. Oh. Um, we get a lot that, like, are we physical therapists or are we chiropractors? And, like, <laughs> like, does it really matter at the end of the day? Like, I'm treating your pain. Like, as long yeah. as you get results, like, I think that's all that matters. And, like, I I heard this at a seminar one time. It was, like, they they shouldn't if you're a great like doctor they shouldn't be able to tell the difference like if you walk into a pt you walk into cairo they should not be able to tell the difference if you're a good doctor um and i've always taken that to heart so um i love like chiropractors and i love physical therapists and i think in the future i think it's going to become one thing like because like we see in schools right now like different schools are getting taught like how to manipulate so um, obviously not to the extent that we do in Cairo school, but it's they can go to you know a bunch of seminars and learn how to manipulate and become just as good as us. So like the Cairo is trying to fight that like we need to keep this like it's I think um, just stay like on your lane like it's gonna be all fine. But I think in the future like it's gonna become like all one thing.
So, uh, you know, maybe some of the, like, really old-school chiropractors who aren't, like, learning the new stuff. Yeah. And just, like, the internet in general. Like, I feel like there's a ton of bad information on, yeah. you know, uh, what you need to do. Uh, like, I, I've seen people with uh, who have back uh, problems at work. Yeah. And then uh, they, like, immediately, she's like, okay, <clears throat> I'm going to need you to order me an ergonomic chair and a stand-up desk right away. Yeah. Still complain about their back hurting all the time. Yeah. And then I told them, like, do, like, the little baby cobras. Yeah. And do, like, a little couple cat cows. And yeah. And do some things like that. And they're like, no, 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 I need all this. I need to spend all this yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, So, I don't know. Like, is there any bad information that you, like, uh, that you feel like you run into a lot with, you know, people? Yeah. Uh, and I don't know where it actually comes from. And it's been like this for, you know, always been like this. But people come in, like, yeah, I'm in pain. I have really bad posture. And, like, stuff like that, or, oh, I need to stretch more, like, it's not necessarily the answer, because it's, like, the, the most, um, if we go on, like, the posture bit, like, they've done research, and, like, they still haven't said that posture causes pain. I think there is, like, a certain amount of, like, posture does matter, but I think it's more, including more movement variety, so... Going from like a sitting to a standing desk is not going to be the answer because like you're just going back to one static posture yet again. I mean, like having a desk that's more, if you have to be at a desk eight hours a day, then I do say I think have a desk that's more that you can like interchange so that you can go from standing, you can go from sitting, you can lie on the floor if you want to, like, and like still work on your, commu- your computer. But if you can't do that and it's like you're in a cubicle, um, then um, getting up at least. Um, I would think like every half hour uh, doing some type of just standing up and doing like a back bend or something like that or some rotation, mm-hmm. but at minimum every 50 minutes, I think you should be getting up and taking a walk, doing um, some type of variation. It doesn't have to be stretching, but just moving around. That's going to help like your pain because like the, you're not meant to constantly think about your posture. Like it doesn't work like that. And like using, like we have um, out of the McKenzie method, like we do have a lumbar roll that can help you sit more upright, but like we're just not meant to sit like in a military posture with like constant tension um, on us. Like, so there's not one bad posture. The best posture is going to be your next posture. So including like more movement variety and like, I guess like most people don't express their joints through full range of motion, like ever. So like doing more of that stuff, so whether that's in the gym or doing more, more mobility work, like, you know, if you go back to our, like, print of state, like, they used to do a lot more hanging and stuff like that, and, um, like, being able to, I guess, like, squat fully, like, so, like, they used to have this in their daily routine, just from, like, a hunter-gatherer aspect, so, uh, including more movement variety, I guess, is the solution, and then, like, the stretching bit, uh, the common answer I say, like, if you go back to, like, a hamstrings, I'm like, well, how has stretching your hamstrings worked in the past? And, like, they always say, well, it'll help for a little bit, then it'll be, they'll be tight the next day. And probably 75% of people, like, I'll do a range of motion test, and they have perfect range of motion um, in their hamstrings. And it's like, well, then, is stretching going to be the answer? It still feels tight. So then it's, I guess, going back to um, stretching is not always the answer. There's more like a, is it strength and stability component that's coming from else in the body? Is why is that 
hamstring feeling tight. Um, because I think just including more movement variety and getting more people to do strength training the right way, um, that would eliminate the need to constantly have like this stretching, mm-hmm. I guess, would help. Yeah. And like I'm obviously like not a doctor or anything, but whenever yeah. I uh, see like people um now who do have like back problems or like hamstring problems, like they're always going ahead with their uh, like a forward fold, you know, mm-hmm. and like we already do that like too much. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so we uh that's that's not the move maybe like the opposite move. So like if your hamstrings are really tight sometimes maybe you have a problem with your quads. Yeah. Or, I don't know. Uh maybe. Um I would say it's more like a muscle issue, but I think people don't like really understand I think like that recovery from like your workout starts in the actual workout. Mm-hmm. So like the biggest thing I see in the gym is like people using way too much weight uh, or like going way too fast through um, when they're doing their exercise. So like not that like speed work with some with like some weights isn't useful, but like being able to like control the range of motion of like the weight you're using. So if like you're using a weight and like you can't control it through like let's say like a three second lowering, if you're gonna do like a dumbbell. Um, reverse deadlift so if you can't control that weight like for a five second eccentric then you're using way too much weight you should be able to control that and use like good ranges of motion and like going back to the stretching component if you're able to control that through the full range of motion then like technically that is a stretch mm-hmm. but you're also strengthening in that end range of motion so if you're strengthening that end range of motion then like that muscle is going to be able to adapt and then you won't feel like they're tight all the time so uh yeah, just going back to that, uh, like, it's not really a balance issue if you're having, um, if your workouts, if you do have, like, a good workout program and you have a plan that's balanced, then I don't think it's more that you need to, like, use your quads more or anything like that. It's just going back to uh, having good form in your workouts is important for that, um, and it'll help fix a lot of issues as far as, like, injuries, I think, if you look at more... Um, that recovery starts in the workout. Yeah. Um, so I guess do you, do you have like a favorite uh, recovery uh, tip or method? Yeah. Because uh, yeah, I think, uh, and I was just listening to something the other day about this. Yeah, I think like looking at your workout as like it's recovery is starting and then um, using good form, um, not overdoing it, and then. Right, I think right when your workout stops is when recovery uh, is also the biggest thing. So like uh, going and doing some like very simplistic breathing. So if you want to say belly breathing, or diaphragmatic breathing, whatever it is, like doing some like three minutes of that, like after workout, can get you out of that fight or flight mode. So like you're getting your heart rate down, so you can like get those tissues to start recovering right away. Especially if you're doing a night workout. Um, I would say do up to five minutes of that after a workout so that you can start recovering right away and then like get in your mode so you can get into sleep mode because like if you're doing a night workout sometimes like people will come in and like say like, it's like really hard to get to sleep at night mm-hmm. and it's because like you will like you put a stress on your body and your um, 
especially if you're doing like high intensity like um, interval training so like high intensity running like they put a big stress in your body and like you didn't do anything to help calm your body down so like it's not ready to go to sleep very quickly yeah uh other things like sleep is very important so getting like the seven eight hours of sleep that's gonna be the biggest thing um if people come in and say like i need a supplement or anything i always say like well how's your sleep fix that first and then if it's mm-hmm. still not working like then we'll look into more of the supplements um going into that like nutrition so including like a well-balanced diet like and it doesn't have to be squeaky clean, but, like, if you can at least, like, 70 to 80% of the time, like, eat clean as you can, like, well-balanced, like, meat, veggies, like, it will help with a lot of recovery things as well. Um, supplements, uh, I just take, like, I have a good quality, like, fish oil, um, vitamin D, since, like, I'm not outside that much with my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I take a vitamin D supplement, and then uh, for me, since, like, I'm – a bigger guy, like, I need to supplement with protein just to meet my protein goals, but, like, most people, I think if you eat, like, enough, like, you probably don't even need to supplement with protein, but, I um, mean, if you're a bigger guy or gal, like, you might need to, um, and then I also supplement the green supplement just to help, like, get meet my daily, like, micronutrients. Is that, like, a probiotic? Yeah, it is. Um, so, I take a one out of first form, um, I forgot what it's called, actually, but yeah, it's really good. They have probi- probiotic in it, um, so I have seen like my dig- digestion like help improve with like that. Not only like the greens, but the probiotics mixed in. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, <clears throat> like so, uh, I guess real quick. So, uh, do you think that uh, I've heard it said that you know there's not so much like overtraining but under recovery? You think that that's true to a yes. certain point then? Yes. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. And I think that's true. I mean, like, I go back and forth with that, but I do think, like, before we change your training schedule, let's change your recovery and see if it changes then. Then, like, mm-hmm. if it's still not getting better, then let's look at reducing, like, your training. But that's super hard. Um, I think there are cases, like, overtraining um, that, like, is um, – But your average Joe's, Joe's probably not going to reach them, <laughs> yeah. right? If, yeah. Like, if, the, the problem would be though for the under recovery. Yes, exactly. For your average person. Yeah, for your average person. Yeah, I think yeah. like <laughs> I think one in five people meet like just the date, the weekly minimum amount of exercise. So I mean, like, yeah, most people yeah. it's gonna be a recovery problem, not a yeah. workout problem. <laughs> Those same guys don't want to get too big with things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You need to worry about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think that's a big misconception too like people well, like the news resolutions like people get frustrated and like it takes years to like build like quality muscle and like mm-hmm. the, the people that i think need to like take that in mind and like actually it's consistent it's like anything in life it, to build something valuable and worthwhile like it takes years of hard work and consistent hard work so yeah um like you said it's more of a recovery problem than a workout problem most times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, no kidding. Uh, do you have anything uh, you want to touch on? Uh, no. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess some other misconceptions, I guess, just in the diet world, I guess, the Whole30 or whatever, like, you can go down anything. Um, 
because we'll get a few like nutrition um, questions um, here and there. And like my biggest thing is like, is it sustainable? So like, whole thirty is great, but most of the time it's just torture. What I'm not sure. I'm not familiar. With so that. basically, like from what I haven't read into it, like completely, but you eliminate like dairy and like all of, like the common allergens from your diet, and basically all you're eating is meat and maybe some more um, healthier like carbs. So yeah, that's great, but for a lot of people, it's just like pure torture, and like they might feel better at the end of those thirty days, but then what? Like, is that sustainable for the long term? Like, mm-hmm. so I think just having a more well balanced diet that you can sustain and like still enjoy something. So like, like I said, like seventy percent. 78% of the time, like, just eating healthy and then, like, having room with that other 20 to 30% to eat things that you really enjoy or some sweets or something, like, you'll be able to sustain that and you'll still be able to look really good. Yeah, and that 80-20, that's for, like, a, looking at it as a week, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you can just take that, okay, it just needs to be 80% good every day. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Then you're not gonna get anywhere. Yeah, but. that's over a week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every day, like, yeah, I don't want you eating like a chocolate bar every single day, thinking <laughs> that like that's gonna be your twenty percent. But <laughs> over the week, like having right. some meals that and like you can, there's still like healthy meals out there that are enjoyable too. Like I think that's another misconception that like yeah. clean eating has to be like broccoli and rice and dried chicken. Like it's not mm-hmm. true. Like you, there's healthy meals, especially with like the internet you can look up some healthy meals that taste amazing it just it might take a little bit more time but i mean it is doable for sure and one last thing quick so how do you stay on top of uh everything that's new uh like coming out as far as you know chiropractic wellness Mm -hmm. Uh, how do you stay on top of all the good information yeah uh there is like there's a few like chiropractic like groups and like um pages like I follow on Instagram and Facebook so I try to keep like my Instagram to be just people that like in the educational world whether that be physical therapy fitness or chiropractic like all people that post like valuable content so I can just keep on up from like a social media like daily um, and then just reading so like right now um, there's a book that's called Rehab the Spine it's a new edition um, Craig Levison, who's out of uh, LA, he's a chiropractor he's worked with in the sports world a lot. So, like reading his book coming up here soon. Um, trying to always just have at least one book on hand that I'm reading. Um, and then, yeah, through like the social media platforms, I usually get um, like the research bits. Mm-hmm. Um, staying on top of that, like new research coming out and stuff like that. Um, um, not just like now, since I'm my first year out of school, I don't have as much like time or resources and money to take like as many seminars as I was taking mm-hmm. in school. But uh, in the future, I think I'd at least like to take um, at least like three seminars, I guess, a year. Keep on top of that. Um, that's the biggest one where I learn the most. Is just not only is it educational, um, but like you interact with your peers and. Sometimes you learn more from just doing that than the actual seminar. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, definitely thanks a lot, and uh, we'll have to get together again sometime soon. Yeah, for sure. All yeah. Right. Thank, Thank you. you.